See, I don't know about you, uh, 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 but I, can't, I, I, I eat enough food, but I found out that man cannot live by bread alone, but he needs to live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So if you will, would y'all just help me and talk back with me as we today get ready to receive a word from God. I don't know if y'all are ready, but uh, I feel a praise still in the atmosphere. I feel a hallelujah right now. I feel a glory. See, this is my sanctuary. This is my safe place. This is where I can be myself. Don't nobody judge me. Don't nobody talk about me. Don't nobody look at me funny. Don't nobody act like I'm nothing. This is my sanctuary. This is the place where I, people love me. People care about me. People, people, people keep my baby so my wife can go out of town. So, so I just thank God for the day. I thank God. I thank God. I thank God for Pastor. I thank God for Sister Laura. I thank God for each and every one of you that are here today. And I just pray that God does something, works through me this morning, get me out the way in order to give a word that's going to be refreshed to you. This morning, Pastor has tasked all of us with an opportunity to walk through the book of James. On last week, Pastor kind of touched on it a little bit, but the title of this sermon series for this month is Let's Get Real. Let's Get Real. I didn't make that title. Pastor came up with that title, but Let's Get Real. And, 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 and the word today is mind your mouth. If you, if you just give me a little bit of time, I'm going to try to walk us through uh, James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Um, if you have your Bible, your tablet, your iPhone, your Android, whatever it is, would you turn to the book of James chapter 3, and we're going to start reading at about verse 1 down to verse 12. We need to start doing something that um, our traditions in church ain't bad. We used to have something when I used to come up, it was called a responsive reading. And the responsive reading, what it did was it gave somebody an opportunity to read and hear some word that they weren't going to hear none the rest of the week because they weren't going to open their Bible. But you had that little program with the responsive reading in it. And at that, for that brief little moment, you got some word. So this morning, if y'all don't mind, we want to throw back and we want to have some responsive reading. Now, I am not a choir director. Now, I know it's hard for us to all talk together, but we're going to try to all read together. The scripture's on the screen, and I think if we take our time and try to go through it, we can all make a sweet sound to the Lord. Are you with me? All right. Verse 1. Ready? Read. Let not many of you become teachers, my brother. Knowing that it's he was now ships. 
whenever they place another power of determined. So also, Fire. Woo! Specific. Mm. Tamed. Mm. Amen. If you don't mind, slap three people and tell them to mind your mouth. Mind mouth. Mind. Mind your mouth. Slap me. Mind your mouth. You may be seated. Mind. Mind your mouth. See, I don't know about you, but, uh, I don't know how many times when I was a little kid, somebody popped me in my mouth and told me, mind my mouth. Well, through the power of the Holy Spirit, my plan today is to pop you and run up out of here and go to work. <laughs> Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Has to be one of the biggest lies ever told. You see, we often learn this quote as a little kid and say it in response or rebuttal to words said to us that in fact has hurt our feelings. And in that moment, we can't think of nothing else better to say that may inflict that same pain on them to make them feel hurt, just as we do. You see, the truth is most physical wounds heal given time, but the wounds that words produce through, I mean, throw that be hidden, often stay with us for years and sometimes a lifetime. Uh, we could all think of something that someone said to us, a coworker, a friend, or Mother, maybe father, friend, or something that hurt our feelings. We all can think of something that we probably said to someone. Um, we all are the result of, or, or we could be the result of, 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 of the occupation that we have, or the career path that we took, um, um, the women that we date as men that beside the marriage, our husbands, our wife, could be as a road of someone speaking to us and instructing us or 
or telling us about them and setting up things. Words um, um, have so much power and, 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 and so much, so much, so much, so much time is spent in James talking about the power and the destruction of these words that I really believe that this is going to be a good topic today that's going to end up helping us all. You see, some of the best memories we had are from words that someone spoke to us. Uh, I can't remember, I, 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 I remember the day that uh, my, my, my kids graduated and to hear them, their name called across the PA system, and they're getting their high school diplomas and college degrees, you know, that was, those were great words. I remember um, and as a high school student winning state championship and hearing our name calling, people calling us state champion and saying those words, I can remember those. I can remember um, the words uh, of my grandmother. When people pass, it seems like we can remember the words that they spoke to us more clearly. They're more prudent. They're more, they're more, they're, they're more powerful than ever than they're, when they're gone than they were spoken when you were around. I also can't remember not hearing some words. I also can't remember not hearing some words. And because uh, um, I, I grew up in a household that was very loving, but wasn't necessarily expressed in verbally, I created, no, I didn't create, I became ill-equipped in the area of sometimes expressing my love through words. Um, 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 not only that, it doesn't mean much to me, and I don't mean it in an ugly way, for someone to say things nice or or, or, or to tell me that they love me, me, I prefer you to show me. But there are some people that if you don't say those words to them, they, they long for that, to hear that, and, and, and it makes them feel inadequate and unloved by you. Us as believers, what we have to do is we have to learn how to mind our mouth. We have to learn how to use the words that, that God has given us to do things for, whether it be uplifting, whether it be to instruct, whether it be to, uh, to, uh, to uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to discipline. Um, 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 words, uh, they have power. They're, they're, they're for our use. They're not to be, uh, we're not supposed to walk around um, necessarily. We're not monks and take a vow of silence. But we are supposed to be mindful of the words that come out of our mouth. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, is, it has a lot of meat. Oh, it's so deep. It's, 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 you can spend a whole sermon alone just in verses 1 and 2. Um, if you move down from that and get to 3 and 4, you can, that's another message. You move on down and get to 5 and 6, that's another message. So today what I tried to do is I tried to break it down with the time that I have to try to touch on each one of them if I can. Uh, um, um, I, I, I won't be long, but I want to be um, necessary. I want, I want to be um, what God called me to be in, 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 in a strong um, to get what he's trying to say to his people. So the first thing I want to talk about today is the warning. I want to talk about the warning. The warning. I want to talk about the warning. Um, um, James chapter... 3, 1 through 12 in the first and the second verse, it kind of talks about a warning. And that warning is instructed or, or directed particularly 
toward teachers. It says that right off the bat, let not many of you become teachers. Note carefully. Note carefully what he says. He says, he says, James does not say let not many of you be teachers, but rather let not many of you become teachers. Hit you right off the bat. I'm standing up here before you all doing exactly what James is saying, giving a warning that many of you should not do that. If you were to ask me 13, 14 years ago that I would be standing up before you doing what I'm doing right now, I would have told you that you were a fool, <laughs> that, you were, that you were crazy. But what I have found out is that when God deposits a purpose in your life, you have no control or no determination on when or how that's going to come out. So God knew way back when that I was going to be doing what I'm doing right now. You have to be careful with the motives in which you seek to do any and everything that you want to do. James is warning us right here that like many of us should, should seek to become teachers. There's some, there's some teaching, uh, um, and if I've heard it before, you may have heard it before, that everybody is supposed to teach. Well, I, I, uh, that's not what the word is saying right here. Um, and I'm not specifically talking about pastors, preachers, and teachers. You might don't need to be teaching on Facebook. There are millions and millions of TikTok preachers, apostles, evangelists, and, 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 and so on and so on. And James, so relevant before we even had the, the platforms to do this, he was already talking to somebody that's trying to do that today. See, this passage is not just a rebuke of those who try to teach before they are ready, but it's a warning that many should not even become teachers in the future. It is a mistake to believe that everyone should become a teacher at some point in their service to Christ. Christ does not need every one of us to become a teacher in order for us to be in service of him. I love the, the mind that the Christ has given my pastor because he's able to lay and listen to what God has said to lay these messages out months and months ahead of time to where they all piggyback on another. Elder Mike, just a couple of weeks ago, was talking about the ministry of helps, about how there are so many opportunities and places for us to serve in the body of Christ that we don't even have to even think about being a teacher. Romans, the 12th chapter, the third verse through eight verse, Romans 12, chapter three, I mean, Romans 12, verses three through eight says, for though the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of themselves than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just that we have many parts in the body, and all the body parts do not have the same function, so we are many, are one body in Christ, and the individual parts of one or another. However, since we have many gifts, since we have gifts, I'm sorry, that, that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us, to use them properly, if prophecy, 
in proportion to one's faith. If service in the act of serving, or the one who teaches in the act of teaching, or the one who exhorts in the one of exhortation, the one who gives with generosity, and the one who is in leadership with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You see, Paul illustrated time and time again that the body of Christ has many members, and not all of the members do not have the same function. He goes on to say the same thing in, 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 in second, I mean, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as it relates to the church. Paul asked the question, are we all teachers? He asked this. Um, I think we should, we should examine that a little bit closely. Not for the purpose of going around asking people, are they teachers? But for the purpose of being mindful who we decide to let teach us. See, we have to be very particular about who we allow to feed us. Um, 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 you eat, y'all very particular, us as uh, people of color, uh, we love to say we don't eat in everybody's house. Don't bring, come to us with no work potluck. But you will sit and listen to someone feeding your spirit pure garbage and take it and pass it on. I'm looking at the dough, so I ain't looking at nobody. You got to be careful. We talked, we said the first thing without a man shouldn't live by what? Bread alone. You, your, your spirit man has to be fed. And it needs to be fed by a sonified, bonafide man or woman of God. Someone who has been given the proportion according to the scripture has been given the proportion that they need to do what God called them to do so that you can receive it. We got to stop allowing ourselves to be caught up in pretty clothes, pretty cars, big lights, and all this type of stuff in order to get a word. See, God has showed us throughout Scripture that he will use anything, anybody, in any type of animal to get a word to you. So you can't be caught up in who looks like they're supposed to be doing it. Mm, Peter. Peter taught in 1 Peter 4 and 10 that God's grace toward us is manifold. That means multifaceted. That means that we should exercise our responsibility and our ability accordingly. All of us can't be no teacher. We can't, we can't have 50 teachers and, and, and nobody to stand on the door. B, part B of that scripture says, why men should not become teachers? Well, here we go. He tells us right next to him. He says, teachers shall receive a stricter judgment. Who wrote this? Somebody. Let this cup pass by me. Who, who wrote this? Do any of you want to take, I, I would love to come sit down and let my eyes go to bob, bobbing while y'all stand up here and, 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 and look at me funny and think that's what they do. I'm just being honest. I would love to do that. Anybody want to stand up here, but that's just carnality. There is life and death tied to this thing. There is scripture that instructs our pastor and us as elders and teachers who stand before uh, God's people that we're going to be judged stricter. Who wants that? Who wants to add? What 
what, what, what? I got to be careful with my words. Mind your mouth. But, 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 but what child of God would really inflict this type of scrutiny on themselves for the purpose of exalting themselves? Ooh. Mm. I'm trying to tell you to mind your mouth. Mind your mouth. Everybody should not become teachers. You see, today, because of the internet and social media, it is easy to take the position of a teacher lightly without considering its cost in terms of accountability. Ooh. Mm-mm. See, Jesus warned in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more of. The Bible said that, that God give pastors after his own heart. So if, 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 if God give pastors after his own heart, he places them, then that means the people that he places in those positions, the men and women that he places in those positions, he equips them. And they take on the responsibility because he has equipped them to be judged stricter. Because not only do they get judged by God, after this life, they constantly getting judged by you. Amen likes cameras and walls. All it takes is for one thing to happen and for pastor to be a heathen. Pastors and teachers are the other or 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 God's scriptures have the least amount of grace amongst the people which they stand before. Help me, Holy Spirit. You you wanna you wanna fall out with somebody? Tell them they seen your pastors X Y Z when they should have been A B C N. Mind your mouth. Mike, you have to mind your mouth. You see, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want his word taught. This is just a warning that there's a greater potential for misuse of the tongue for those who are teaching. A teacher's words have power to control, power to steal the lives of other people. A teacher is always telling others how to live and correcting them when they come short. The hardest thing to deal with is the, is the correction from your man or woman of God. And that could be just in your house. Your husband can tell you something that says the Lord and it could be hard for you to take. On the flip side of that, there are so many opportunities and so many instances where people who are not supposed to be in the position that they are use their position of power to steer people in the wrong direction. They use their place in their position to pimp and play on the hearts and the mind of the people who God has called them to stand before. People, it is time out to be playing with God. Life is too short. Things happen too much over these last couple of years through this 
pandemic that we've been living in, there has been so much teaching and so much understanding that we should have that the church is not in the place in which God intended for it to be. We have got so far away from the church at its birth and, 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 and have put in our own flavor to where we have gotten ourselves away from God's grace, God's blessing, God's provision, and God's promise. Because of that, when you look around, you see that the church as a whole, as a body, is limping. They, we are limping. We are limping because we have members who are out of place. We have members who are overworked. We have members who are, we got legs trying to be arms and arms trying to be legs. We got eyes trying to be mouth. And we got people that are back that is tired of toting the ones that don't want to do nothing. Hold the door open for me when I get ready to go. See, I knew it was going to be like this because it was like this the whole time I've been studying this. <laughs> See, for we stumble. 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 Every Christian must admit that we all stumble in many ways. None of us are perfect. We all have said things that later we wish we hadn't said, and we all at one point, time or another, stumble over our tongue. Woo, there's so many opportunities and times I know how to say it so I can see the words coming out and want to. So many times I put myself in conversations that I heard other people had in my I shouldn't have said nothing. So many times I was quiet when there was an opportunity to interject God's word that I allowed what was being said to keep on taking over the conversation. Uh, the level of a believer's maturity is proportionate to the levels of a believer's ability to KYMS. Sometimes we ought to just be quiet. Sometimes we ought to just be, sometimes we ought to just shit up. Sometimes we got, they, they, they always say we got two ears and one mouth. Sometimes everything doesn't require us to answer. We don't have to respond to everybody. There's something on the internet that's called clickbait. It'll show you something that's fascinating. Nine times out of ten is gossip. The purpose of it is for you to click on it so you can get an ad and you just keep on clicking. It'll give you one line. Click again, it'll give you another line. Keep on reading all of it. But the purpose of it is to occupy you and really blind you and take you away from what you really was trying to see so they can show you what they really trying to see of you. It's churches, it's people, places, and things that's trying to sell you something to get you off and out of your position on where God wants you to go. What made Jesus the maddest? 
When did he get upset the most? When did he get totally out of character? When he came into the house of the God and they was buying and they were selling in his place. That's what's going on now. That's what's happening. He's making a trade. Amen, son. I hear your voice. I know it anywhere. Amen, son. Amen. Amen. Been waiting on you to be able to hear your daddy. Amen. Say it. I know it. Don't nobody else see it. He don't see it. Amen. See, the reason we all struggle with our mouth is because there are so many different ways that we can sin with our tongue. We lie. We boast. We gossip. We slander. We curse, et cetera, et cetera. Proverbs is full of instruction and teaching. Proverbs 6 and 16 through 19 says that these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. Here it is. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans in order to say it out of their mouth. Feet that are swift in running the evil because they heard what somebody said. A false witness who speak lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Mm, mm, mm. Second Corinthians 12 and 20 says, for, for I fear less when I come, I shall not find you as such as I wish, that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish. Least there be contentious, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, backbiting, whispering, concerning, tumultuous. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinthian, one of the biggest, baddest, proudest churches at the time. And this is what's going on in the church. This ain't what's going on. This, I mean, we ain't talking about the club. We ain't talking about on your job. We talking about this is the church. This is us. Who he's addressing this to. This ain't for nobody who don't know who God is. This is for those who have professed that God is their savior. And, and, and this is what we do. This is how we're carrying on amongst each other. Not when we go out and act in the world, but in the church of God. We got to mind our mouth, people. We got to mind our mouth. See, most of the problems in life involve the tongue. Probably because it is a wet place. Easy to slip up. Y'all missed that. See, this, see, see, there's no easier way to sin than with your term, than with your tongue, I'm sorry. Circumstances may keep you from doing certain things, but you can say anything you want. Tell you something. Make it plain for you. I can remember coding and dating and being in school and being managed and all that type of stuff and being on the phone and talking and this, that, and other, even as an adult, making plans about we going to do this, that, and the other. Straight line. But with the intention of doing just what we said. But for, for whatever reason, circumstances 
you get there, oh, I, I, uh, 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 we ain't going to bake no cookies today, Darion. All that cookie baking, the oven don't even work. That's easy as I can say it. But that's a good thing. Because a lot of times, circumstances are preventing you from taking the sin that you were verbally already participating in further that would have got you in deeper and more trouble than something you ever, than you ever would have known. Somebody ought to thank God that they mouth sold checks that they body couldn't carry. If they don't, uh, they not, they not, they, they not gonna be real. It, it, see, that's, we, see, it's time to get, James is all about getting real. James is the first book that I read from beginning to end when I first got saved. A young man that I was working with, I was struggling with my walk, I, I just wanted to be right. And a young man, younger than me that I was working with, he said, man, read James. He said, James, go hard. When he said that, I had no clue, but he said it in a way that related to me. And when I read it and I found out what he was talking about, I was like, whoa, these folks is in the church. They got the same problem that I got. Oh, but these are the instructions on how to do it? Okay. And I read it and I read it constantly because it's so about being real. It's stripped down. It's, 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 a, it's, it's not trying to be bougie. I can't. I need to know that we all are what the word said. We one body, we men in numbers. And we all have different, come from different walks of life. We all come up differently, experience things differently, and the Lord works with us differently. But as it relates to sin, ain't none of us nothing. We all filthy rags. We all got the same dirt. We, God looks at us the same way. He loves us all the same way. Let's stop putting on airs. Let's stop. Let's, let's just cut to the chase. You know, let, let, let's just get real. Can we just get real? Can we just be real with one another? You know what I'm saying? I don't know and don't care how you have to perform on your job or, or for your, some, some other people. But in here, can we just be real? If you're not feeling okay, say I'm not feeling okay. If you need some help, say I need some help. If you're struggling in the area, say I'm struggling. Who else are you going to tell it to? This is the body of Christ. We are the people who are supposed to uplift, lean on, pick each other up when we're going through situations. But in James, it talks about how we warring, we fighting, we picking favors. Ain't now one of y'all more important to me than the next one. And our pastor is the same way. That's where I get it from. I don't care who, how much money you give, what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you live in. You ain't none of you nothing but the same thing, but what God say you will. We all children of God. So start treating everybody like that. What happens is we put people in position that God didn't put them in. And what happens is when, when they fall down, we fall down with them because the expectation that we put on them, God never intended them for to be in in the first place. We got to stop that. We got to be real with one another. We got to understand, man, I'm sorry, I'm tired. I'm going through something. Me and my wife ain't talking. She in one room, I'm in the other. Help me. 
But you ask him what's wrong, oh man, everything is okay. We, we, I'm blessed and highly favored. Next thing you know, you're going through a divorce. But what happened? <laughs> Things was okay just a week ago. Let's get real. Everything was going around just then. We got to be. How you getting evicted? You didn't tell nobody you needed some help. Let me speed up. Keep me on time, Tony. Please, sir. <laughs> Tony, tell me, tell me, show it. If anyone, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is what? A perfect man. That word perfect, that means spiritually mature. Just like in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, it says, but solid food is for the mature. Who, because of practice, have their senses trained to distinguish between good and evil. We got to get out meat so we can get out milk so we can start distinguishing better between good and evil. The reason the devil keep putting the same stuff on them because we still got a bar and a pacifier in our mouth. We still, we still milk-based Christians and we've been in the church all our lives. We're not able to stomach strong meat because we can't even get to the point that know that we are supposed to be loving one another. We're supposed to be givers. We're supposed to be serving. We're supposed to be preferring others before ourselves. We can't get the simple, basic things down so that we can't move on, we can't grow up. We wouldn't like your feet. We can't, we're, trying, we're trying to grow up. We're trying to get to the point to where we are the ecclesia. We are the called out ones. We are the ones who are marching at the front of every situation. There's uh, the, the same preachers and pastors and teachers at the front of the line of every situation that goes on in the world throughout America. Everything that goes on that's related to our kids, to our um, uh, economics, they got the same ones. You know why they're there? Because it's beneficial to them. It's beneficial to them. That's why they show up. Period. Because at the end of the day, you don't see them. You only see them when the cameras are around. They ain't boots on the ground. They ain't the first one in. They come after the fact. See, if the church was more proactive, situation that was going on in the neighborhoods that are causing trouble with our youth, we wouldn't have to show up when the camera, because there wouldn't be no cameras. The police would be done by us. I was a black would have help. I was a black and come get one of me and pastor and say, look, we need to go over here, round this corner on Victor. There's some boys around here. They doing something, they ain't got no business. Won't you, as the church, go around there and talk to them so we don't have to pull out and jump out on them? We having problems in the school. And my classroom, I got some kids getting out of hand. Won't somebody from the church come up here and talk to these kids so that we don't have to call Strickland and this, that, and another to, to try to help get them? But the church don't have enough power and enough influence to where they getting knocked out of the door because we, we, hadn't, we, we, we hadn't kicked the door in. See, we don't supposed to wait for somebody to come in. 
we supposed to, the door supposed to already be open because God, through his power and his spirit of the Holy Spirit, has opened doors that we can't enter, that we get favor in situations where we don't necessarily belong. People wonder, how do we get? How do we get here? Must speed up. Solid food. Just basically talking about being mature. I'm still in the first and second chapter. First and second first. Verses three and three through six, I call that the illustrations. When you read that, all it is is a bunch of illustrations. A good heading for that would be the illustrations. It talks about the bit in the rudder. Talks about in verse five and six about small fires. Talks about how a bit controls a horse, how a rudder controls the ship, how our tongue so so we so the so the tongue controls the body. They just said if we speak a lie, it won't be long before we be finding yourself living a lie. If you speak immorally, it won't be long before you be living immorally. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healings. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. A horse is over. And I heard, I think I heard Pastor you this analogy, this illustration before. Y'all seen them Clydesdale horses, them Budweiser Clydesdale horses. Them some huge horses. And they are magnificent. They elegant. Them things can walk in unison. I don't know how many pounds they well, they got to be 2,000 pounds or bigger. Or bigger each. And you can have eight of them in line, all on the same step. Every last one of them on the same step, picking it up at the same time. And it ain't nothing but a man that probably weighs 150 pounds sitting up there with a little whip and a dog. <laughs> Making them clients there stop, start, move, and go wherever they want to go. Because they respect the authority. Of, of, of who's holding the reins. The question is, if you're being steered over here, over there, you bucking. <laughs> Every time the wind blow you. Every time somebody sick you, oh Lord. Money get a little funny. True and echo the order law. You got the who 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 got you? What you got in your mouth? What you saying on the situation? What words are you using? Who got the bit? See when the when when, when the Holy Spirit got the bit. And he brought it in your tongue. You start saying stuff like, oh, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthen me. 
you don't step again. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm the head and not the tail. Now I'm dancing. I have not that I act that's all I'm asking God. I'm seeking you. Now I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to start encouraging. I'm about to. I ain't going to finish all this. I'm about to. I'm going to start encouraging somebody. Start encouraging myself. I'm going to speak over myself. I wish somebody, I wish I could sing that song. Encourage yourself. See, we got to stop looking for somebody else to encourage us. We got to stop coming over here thinking, this, thinking we are spectators in the house of God. I get so sick and tired, I'm going to tell you. And Kavina having to act like she's a, 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 a cheerleader. Greg, them, they're not cheerleaders. They worship leaders. They are operating in the position and the power that God has placed over their life. So when they worshiping and they doing what God called them to do and you sitting there looking at them and can't raise your hand, it's not their fault. It's not because it don't sound good. It's not because they not playing good. It's because the place in your heart where God sees ain't the same place where theirs is. See, they understand that they are working in a, in a working, but that, that the Holy Spirit is in them, working out of them to do a great thing. You sitting there waiting on somebody to come touch you, just like the man sitting there at the well, help me, Lord. You better get up from where you are. Dust yourself off. The Bible say, them guys got healed as they were on their way. What are you sitting down on God for? Talking and gossiping to somebody else about, ooh, things just ain't going my way. Um, quickly. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to end with this because we're going to do, I see y'all win tonight. Pastor gave me win tonight too. <laughs> Can't do it all in one day. Wrong one built in the day, so what did miss it? <laughs> Help me hold the spirit. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. Tame the tongue. Scripture tells us right here that no one can tame the tongue. It said it takes the power of the resurrected Christ within us to control the tongue. And that power is available only to those of us who turn their lives over to him. We got to give him the reins. Got to put the bit down our mouth and let him instruct us and move us. Nevertheless, the tongue can be brought under the power and the control of the Holy Spirit. We might say that only God himself is mightier than the human tongue. Everybody that been to all these places and seen these different animals do tricks, been to sea whales, killer whales, swim with people. They make elephants stand on a little bit of stool. But the Bible says that James right here that no man can tame the tongue. 
we have to give the tongue over to a God that can, that can do all things. Everything is possible with God. Our tongue comes under subjection of the Holy Spirit when our condition of our heart changes. When we get laid on the table, I'm done, Greg. And God takes that knife, opens us up, takes out that filthy heart that we have, replaces it with a heart of love. We start, things start changing and moving on the inside of us. So much so that where the things that we used to say, we can't say them no more. The places we used to go, we can't go no more. The things we used to do, we can't do no more. Only because the power of the Holy Spirit has overtaken us. Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The condition of your heart can be checked by the words that come out of your mouth. How you talk to people is a condition of your heart, not theirs. See, when your heart is right, you can talk well of others when they don't even like you. When your heart is right, you can bless those that curse you. When your heart is right, you can love those who don't even love you and don't, can't, that can't stand you. You want to know if you know God? You want to know? Find something good when, when, you, when you can say something good about people that you know been talking about you behind your back. See, when you can walk through, everybody to walk through the room before and everybody get quiet. I'm way better than what I used to be. And I ain't bragging and I ain't boasting. But I thank God for giving me a discernment in this, or, the, or the Holy Spirit to be able to see it on their face and in that moment see conviction on them because I walked up and be able to say something nice to them and change the subject and let them keep on doing because the misery that they gonna have ain't gonna be because of nothing that I said. See, I'm not gonna confirm what you say about me when I'm not there when I get on the scene. Because if I'm that bad, say it to my face. Hello? I'm serious, take that with you. Who cares what somebody say when you ain't there? Behind your back. You ain't gotta check them people. If it's that bad of a situation, they'll say it to your face. There ain't nothing on the face of the earth that I can't walk up to somebody to tell somebody that I do it at work all the time. That's my coworker, right there, Miss Stacy. I tell him, I got an unpopular opinion, but this is it. Because I'm not gonna hold it for the purpose of trying to water down a situation or to continue to add on to a problem that nobody wants to find a solution to, they just want to fuss about. Life is too short. Let's get real. Mind your mouth. I'll see y'all Wednesday night on the Zoom call. <laughs>